today's show, as always, sponsored by LivasaIslandApparel.com. For gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture. Catch the wave at LivasaIslandApparel.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Balinesian Podcast. I'm Lance Falatongo. I'm Forrest Ola. Joined by uh, Clayton Mortar. Clay, how you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, got the Gilbert Arenas on. Agent Zero. Clean as always. How y'all doing? Oh, just driving. Driving <laughs> out here. You live watching Boston be terrible with the ball handling and ball All security. Right. This live, uh, live game up running updates while we record here. So if you <laughs> see something crazy happen during the game, shout it out. Um. So Boston's gonna go. Oh no! There. What, what? What's the series situation? in Boston and Miami, two-two. Yeah, two-two. So best of three, the Warriors. Have to win one more game. Yeah, and they're they chose to leave Texas uh, <laughs> to <laughs> before they uh, moved on to the finals. Yeah, much to the chagrin of Charles Barkley. Did Did Charles <laughs> Barkley say they were going to sweep? No, I. If you watched uh, the halftime show, uh, he kept talking about how he didn't want to go back, and it was. Chuck was just going in on it. It was so funny. Because they're like, uh, Ernie was like, look, the fans have a cool little, uh, uh, like, a thing like the Bucks and the Raptors have. And then Chuck was like, yeah, that wasn't what was going on by our hotel. <laughs> just, they can't stop that guy, man. No. Hosting-wise and, like, in-game analysis-wise, we'll never have someone like Charles Barkley again. Because no one can ever be like, uh, what the, what, you know, what the hell are you doing, man? To Charles Barkley, because he's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> what is, uh, what is Charles Barkley's, like, uh, career summary? Uh, he, was, he was a great player, man. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Hall of Famer? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Easily. NBA 75? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. To I be mean, able to rebound at six five like that, play power forward at six five, six four, it's yeah, yeah. Be listed at six eight, man. Yeah. What's up, we, guys? Can you hear me? We welcome in Tanner Reeman. Tan man, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You guys, uh, this is this is my first time on one of these. Um, I just want to make sure my setup is good. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, you're good. Yep. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, I can hear What's you. What's up? I can hear you. Tanner uh, brought up an interesting question. Uh, who is the most clutch NBA player right now and why? Well, Lance, you asked you asked us. Um, <laughs> what, what was the question you asked us? All right, so so Clay sends – who was it, Jeff Van Gundy? No, Stephen A. Smith and J.J. Redick were on first take. And – Stephen A. Smith said Giannis wasn't clutch, and J.J. Redick was like, yeah, that's right. Giannis had a 50-point 50, 50 game in the finals, and Stephen A. was like, so what? And it's just like, oh, my God, these guys, it's like, <laughs> some of the way that they are just can't be pleased is it's like embarrassing in a sense, you know? Well, dude, that's, 
that's why I asked Lance the question back, who who is the most clutch player today? Because I feel like all these guys have all their measurements for all these questions, you know, best player, top 10, whatever. Um, you know, JJ Reddick's Bob Cousy BS. Um, everybody has their measuring sticks and it's like, so is timely plays more clutch? Is that what makes you clutch? Is most points in the fourth quarter make you most clutch? I mean, Isaiah Thomas led the league in fourth quarter points. I mean, did that, did that make him the most clutch player in the NBA? And right. I mean, we're not even talking about him now. Right. It all comes down to uh, people will tell you they'll measure it by who you want the ball in their hands at the end of the game or mm. who's going to get you where in a playoff game or who's going to push you forward in the season. Um, personal preference, like you just said. Uh, you had to ask me, and I grew up watching um, basketball in the 90s, early 80s. So obviously I'm going to tell you, Michael Jordan, if you asked me back then, because, I mean, who else would you want the ball to be in their hands at the end of a game? Pretty much. Right. Yeah. Well, through the yeah. whole game, actually. But I mean, you but know, especially uh, in that. So cr- crunch time is right. usually defined as like the last five minutes right. in a game that's within a score or two. So I think in basketball, I think, it's like within five or ten. Yeah. Minutes. Personally, I think that's what you measure uh, being clutched by is in those moments. So, I mean, I, I mean, Giannis, yes, because, I mean, you can give the ball to Giannis. But now they have this stupid thing their, their strategy where he, he take charges you know what i mean I'm, it's yeah, ridiculous. yeah i mean well, I, I get about, it it's, it's part of the game but i mean it takes away from the game think about that that block that Giannis had um was that in the finals or in the eastern conference finals eastern um, conference yeah exactly and i mean i mean like that's like the definition of clutch man right like, that is if, if you painted a picture of clutch you know that's what it is um, right. you, like jordan's shot at the elbow that is right. clutch I mean, so that's LeBron's kind of block on Iguodala is the same in the same manner. That yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, if it was today, I mean, yeah. If if, if Giannis and Steph are on the same team, I still want Steph with the ball in his hands at the end of the game. I'll take Steph. It, Steph. <clears throat> See, Steph I would go because, like, Steph because he can put it in the basket. He usually puts it in the basket, so you you would want it in his hands late, like, and he's got the control. Wouldn't play. Yeah, yeah. you're good enough. Did I just glitch? You did. All Part right. of the Matrix. Well, when, <laughs> when you talk about, like, clutch, I think about, like, the, the end of close games. Like, time right. and who's going to do <clears throat> the right thing in the <laughs> Who's able Amen. to take the pressure of, like, okay, my next move could determine the outcome of the game, but I'm still going to be able to keep my composure and, you know, take it through the lane or pull up. Which is another shot. reason I would pick Steph because Giannis is still young and he's going to want to win the game just as much as Steph, but I don't know if he's going to defer to anybody when it's time to defer. Him, it's oh, yeah. full hit, you know what I mean? Just straight to the basket. That's him. I want to win. I'm going to make the bucket. Let's... I mean, I could actually – you could actually make, like, an argument for, like, if they're, if I don't hit these shots, my team loses – if I don't make these plays, my team loses the Dame and CJ for their stretch of the. When they um, got to the Western Conference Finals. <clears throat> yeah. So it's like, oh, hold on a um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I just got a text <laughs> in there. And uh, basically when they, they had to carry their team to an extent because they had like 
Al Ricamino and Mo Harkless and guys that were like airballing threes and shit and just making horrible plays. And uh, it's it's like they had to carry uh, just a load that like Steph and them didn't have to carry the time at for a long stretch. They did when it wasn't the KD Warriors because like. I mean, that was just a treat. They didn't have to be clutch. They just kicked the shit out of everybody. Like, yeah. the game would get close, and they'd go on a 12-0 run. And with, like, the 16 finals and then, like, the 21 finals, that was kind of the last stretch of clutch finals games we've got, I feel like. So, we have LeBron so who, carrying them back. Like, currently, who is the clutchest player in the league? I'll still say Steph. <laughs> my my only issue with Steph is I feel like I mean, do we think more times than not he's he's doing that in in the big games at the end of the game? I mean, he does do it his fair share, but I mean you look at some of those finals games and you know, some of those even leading up to the finals, I mean, Clay Thompson, I've always argued, is just so so good. You know, so I mean not to take anything away from Steph, but no, he's plays good. Plays without Clay. There's a reason they call him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I there's mean, no when it does come to clutch, I mean, who, who? When you just you said that's why I asked the question to you, Lance. Like, who do you who do you think? Because you said Forrest, the guy that you want to have the ball in in your hands of the last. Okay, so right. but the argument the argument for Giannis would be, okay, in the last five minutes of the game, he may affect the game more than any player in the league. Right. I mean, from, right. from each side of the floor. So both sides, yeah. you know that. And we just made an argument for two. And I'm sure we can make a list of all these clutch plays that were Ooh, defensive plays. I wasn't even thinking defensive clutch. And not only think about that, but let me ask you this question, guys. Would you rather be taking the last shot or defending the last shot? And I know, you know, we all <laughs> want to say I know we all want to say we want to be taking the last shot, but the numbers don't really support that. Right. Yeah. You'd, right, you'd, rather be def- you'd rather be defending the lead. Oh yeah, if I was a, if I'm a coach, if I'm a coach and I had Michael Jordan, like yeah, I'm I'm ecstatic that he's going to take that last shot. But right, man, I'm going, man, I'm I'm going to take the chances. They the, literally the numbers are not in your favor of making game winning shots. No, they're just not. Definitely, as a but, coach, uh, you, you want to be up by three at least every game. At the yeah, end of exactly. Game. Definitely. Well, and then you talk about clutch. I mean, KD. He made how many clutch plays did KD make in the finals in those two years that were two minutes left, three minutes left on the clock? I mean, yeah, they were uh, in the sense of like the clutch buzzer beater at the buzzer, but I mean, he ended the game on some of those threes in transition, you know, and it's like in big to time me, that's kind of cl- that's kind of clutch. Like he's just putting a, you know, there's so many ambiances that we, you know, that come around it. Lance, right. you got to answer that. Question. Some of the, okay. So some of the clutches players, some of the clutches players you think of Michael Jordan, Kobe, cause he took so many clutch opportunities. He hit Kobe, a lot of, of course. clutch opportunities. Um, I think of Steve Nash's clutch, like late in the game, knows what to do, can get to the free throw line, can knock those free throws down. Uh, LeBron, LeBron at the end of the game, because of, like he, because he could get to the basket. So is is I think right now when I think of the clutchest player, it's Chris Paul. Like 
at the end oh of the game. Oh, my gosh. He could have the ball and he knows what to do with it. And on the I other was, side, he could lock the ball down. I was just going to say that I think Chris Paul is one of the non-clutch guys. Like, he's, to me, I think he's one of the top top five point guard if you want to make – dude, I don't know. He's not very clutch, right? But the, you would say he's non-clutch? No, dude, not at all. Dude, yeah. He's yeah, a like defensive he, liability. What? Like if Chris no, Paul the average, he's the average every team, the at all this defensive point, team. At this point in his career. Well, we're talking yeah. Chris Paul had that clutch team. Right now, yeah. He'd be, he'd be all-time great. I mean, I'm saying right. all-time. Better than Steph. Steph wouldn't even have his championships right. If, right. if Chris Paul was clutch. Oh, man. Well, that's why I think it is. Now, so the, <laughs> so the way, so the way I was thinking about that is it the same LeBron way? The LeBron is clutch because he can barrel through and get a layup or to the free throw line. Is that the same way that Giannis is clutch because he can yo? And I don't know if this season he'd like learn some different like under scoop or like different like layouts the way he's like attempting shots. But no, but like Tanner it said- feels unfair watching him. Go one on one versus anyone. Like Tanner said, he he demands your attention on the defensive side too, <coughs> like the block. I mean, it makes him so much more clutch than anybody else on the court. Because if you're up by two, I mean, you have Giannis on the other side playing defense. You're kind of like, nah, we're good. <laughs> you know I, mean? I like my chances. I mean, right. I, I right. get we're a K, we're a KD three pointer. You know, KD gets a smaller size shoe, and we're. You know, Giannis probably doesn't have a championship, and we're not even talking about it. But yeah, I'm a big Giannis guy, so that's where the clutch. Oh yeah, part. I, I want to see that Disney clutch. movie, man. I'm waiting to watch that Disney movie. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so because Giannis can affect the game in so many ways on both sides, right? He's the, the attention he player. demands at the end of a game. You know, if he if, five if, minutes, right? But okay, when he's taking those shots, he's making those shots. I think he uh, is. No, he's not. No, not, I don't not a three. Know. He, not a three. Not a three. That's where it's so hard because I think you're right, Boris. Like, I think to be considered the clutchest player in the NBA, like to have that title, like you got to be able to knock down that jumper. Right. And Giannis. I mean, he's been doing better. He's. I think he's doing better. But hey, give him another full season, and and he'll he'll be a little deeper into this conversation. Because he's shooting threes consistently now. Yeah. He just, yeah. He just have to, you know, just be a little bit better. Lucas not Jobs, not tell home. us who the clutchest player in the NBA is. If, uh, Let's go. Um, Damian Lillard. I knew it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't, yes. You can't argue. Yeah, you can't argue with that. No. Yeah. I know you guys can't see me, but I just wanted to chime in. Uh, Damian Lillard. Let's Still let's talk a little bit. Let's let's get in there about the Blazers. We saw news today that the they're going to sell the Seahawks and the Blazers. What is a what is the best? What do you what do you feel, Luke? As a Blazer fan, what do you feel is the best? I like ideal situation. Who do you want to get the teams to get sold to? Thank God, of of course. <laughs> you know, I'm so excited about that. Um, yeah, new, new sick. yeah, it needs to get sold to the right person. If that's what it comes down to, I, I, I kind of want to see it be like a former, former player. That'd be cool, especially with Chauncey being around. We could keep him for a long time. How much? How much are the Blazers going to cost? 
Uh, probably two, three billion. Yeah, <clears throat> I was gonna say a couple bill. As as a Blazers fan, Luke, are you not afraid that whoever buys it is gonna move the Blazers to Seattle? No, I'm not. I'm not. Because they're not. Um, I was. Not, yeah, they're not gonna do that. But they just announced that they're gonna do. They're thinking about that expansion um, in Vegas and Seattle. The two Western two two expansion teams after the 2024 season, and they're supposed to be Seattle and probably Vegas. Vegas so, on the come up, right? So I'm not yeah, supposed to tell you, but I got a dude. He's a uh, he's good friends with Sean Kemp, and so there's a group. It's Sean Kemp, Ray Allen, and Rashard Lewis, who are trying to put a group together to buy the Blazers. <laughs> to buy the Blazers? To buy the Blazers. Here's a lot so no, they're gonna they're trying to buy the Blazers and make they're trying to make Dame a supersonic. Pretty much. And so, then you know, like, they can move that other expansion team to like a third LA team. I know. Or uh, Portland's getting Portland's gonna get but I don't I don't know if it'll happen because uh they've tried before. Uh, Sean Kemp and Ray Allen, they've tried to put a group together before, and the NBA is really not for it. I don't think they like Sean Kemp. Uh, I, yeah, I feel like there's not there's they're gonna have to put a bunch of money together. There's not gonna be one player that can afford right. That. So and, oh, and yeah. so, and Ray Allen has become a bit of a uh, activist uh, with a lot of issues. So I don't know if they want him either owning a team. So <laughs> they don't want the his DMs getting out. Yeah. So. <laughs> Shuttle Jesus. <laughs> All right. So the other part of that is is the Seahawks. So these aren't. Do these teams get sold to the same person, or are they looking for no. like? No, in, go that article, in that article you had sent, it was like she wants to keep part of the Seahawks. So that that did worry me a little bit, just because I, you know, I love the Trailblazers, but I don't know. The Seahawks I, aren't going anywhere. Yeah. The stadium's too nice. Uh, they kind of – that would royally just – Seattle would have to kind of just bend over backwards to keep them. Got, so. Are the Seahawks going to win six games this year? No. Yeah. That's way too fast. Think about it, we guys. Won, Think real we hard. We won seven games with Tavares Jackson at quarterback. See what I'm saying? Games, baby. Differently, awesome. differently. Yeah. I just need Man. six. Yeah, we'll probably get a pretty shit. Our our division's pretty good. Yeah, obviously, we are the uh, uh, the uh, how do you say this politically correctly? We are the uh, special needs head of the four headed monster <laughs> for sure. Yeah. When they show the picture and the ones like, yeah, yeah, we're oh, that the, one. Unfortunately, the chimera yeah. meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we are that meme. All well, okay, we'll think about it. If like, but the, the Cardinals, the Cardinals are soft. The Cardinals are soft. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Cliff Kingsbury's a fucking idiot. But okay, so if you have the three dragon heads of the Super Bowl champion Rams, the playoff 49ers, the high octane just traded for Hollywood Brown Arizona Cardinals, there's got to be some regression, right? Like they're not going to top oh, yeah. out at that. So they're going to come down a bit. The Seahawks can't be super trash. The whole time, right? They're gonna luck into some games. You can't like six wins. That doesn't feel like 
like bad so you get a, a, a you miss the playoffs but not so bad that you get like a super good draft pick that doesn't feel like the end of the Seahawks season right there like Seattle's going to have more wins than the Steelers like let's be honest Oof. okay so is who's the quarterback <laughs> for the Seattle Seahawks so that's the only reason I'd say no is because and not even because who's the quarterback is because no one knows who the quarterback is because be. it's a question right yeah, no question who starting, the quarterback in Pittsburgh Dino. is. Dino's yeah, gonna end up starting. Yeah, they're already. They're already. Yeah, oh gosh, Mason's not gonna make the team because he's playing behind Trubisky, um, Pickett, and and my boy and my boy Oladokun. So, and they're like, yeah, man, we don't have a helmet big enough for your fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> Who starts? Does Trubisky start the year and Pickett take over midway? Does Pickett get in there right at the beginning? Pickett's, I think, already got it. What? I think, uh, yeah, everything I read on Steelers stuff is that he, like he's already turning heads at minicamp, and I I listen to a lot of podcasts and and deals out of Pittsburgh and this one Pittsburgh like Barstool podcast. They were talking about how they went to dinner with Kenny Pickett and they, he's like a stud. They were just like, man, he's just a stud. Demands yeah. the room. And he's just classic in that kind of sense. He does. But the part that they, the part that they, they really loved is that they went to shake his hand and he goes, his hands are fucking huge, dude. They're, his, his hands are so fucking big. <laughs> like, yeah, they're the smallest hands in the league, but they're way bigger than our fucking hands. Like they're still big hands, you know? And I, I feel pretty, like Kenny Pickett like, is about that life and he's ready to do big things. I also feel like Barstool is like their picket guys. Oh, yeah. They uh, they love them some pickets. So I think I think they're probably having to defend that front because they're so hard on him. But <laughs> I do I think I think Pickett's I think Pickett's gonna get the nod for sure. Was there like, any was there any question whether they were going Pickett or uh Willis? You know, they said at the Senior Bowl that that was like the worst kept secret, and Mike they Tomlin. was just like, "Yeah, there was those memes after his pro day of Mike Tomlin like grinning on the sideline when he was like jacked up, and yeah, he's like, mm, I, I, I want some me some Malik for sure." Um, and it must have just but been I, total bullshit because like Mike Tomlin was going to have more of the pick because their GM was retiring, more oh, influence right. on the pick. Yeah, I think I think they just kind of realized like. They're kind of in a win now mode. Like their their defense is pretty stout, and they got a lot of young offensive guys that are probably ready to be used. I mean, we only got Najee for four more years, and you know, on his rookie deal. So you see a lot of these teams get pretty successful with these rookie contracts, and then we'll see what happens after that. I guess. Uh, um, I so, how, so how do the Steelers? What do the Steelers finish in the North? Um, have you have I you looked at the schedule? What are, are there any big games that stand out, or like uh, any stretches that you're you're noting? I, I actually didn't get a chance to look at the schedule yet. I saw in your email. I should have looked, but uh, um, I did notice that they. I think I think they're going to be third, probably. I think Baltimore is going to make a huge comeback. I love their draft. They had they they to me had the best draft in the NFL. Yeah, um, they did. Yeah, I think Lamar is freaking awesome, and I think he's incredible. And I just think, yeah, they're they're probably going to get the number one there. Oh, but so I still what, think, I think Cleveland's a the shit Ravens, show, so. What happens with the Ravens' offense? What does it look like this year without 
Hollywood. You guys Hell think you're going to make baby. it run, run, option, option? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think a heavy <clears throat> dose of, of, yeah, J.K. Dobbins and in a running back room that they're actually going to be able to have this year. They lost their whole running back oh, room last season. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, wins everyone's yeah. knees. And then Edwards and Donald will both be back. Lamar is just going to – they're going to give him high completion, high uh, – Sure. You know? That's yeah. And Abby does to Mark Andrews. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bateman, they got Bateman still. Bateman was really good in college, and he didn't get a fair oh, chance yeah. to, to play in the league. He was hurt when he first got in, so he was going along at the end of the season. They drafted, what, Linderbaum? They got, they, got the, they got Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. They got Daniel Falele. Yeah, what, 6'8"? Yeah. Tackle Dude, that boy. Yeah, they got another tight end. I feel He's like officially uh, the biggest player in the NFL. The yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, okay, so I can see the Ravens. Uh, so and I just think I think Cincinnati's yeah, they're fine, but they have Joe Burrow and he made some things happen for them. And they, I don't know, they're not, I don't think they're as good as yeah, I don't you know. You don't see a Super Bowl return. No, they remind me of the Falcons here a few years ago where you're like, man, Matt Ryan, he's, you know, and you're like, finally, they finally, you know, I don't know. I just don't see it with them. And we, you know, in the games that you, you, you see the games, you know, when you're a fan of these divisions, you know, you see, you see these games and you're like, Ugh. yeah, they spanked us once, but. They're not really like that. Know. They're not like that. They just don't have those guys. Like, yeah, they have a stud safety room. Um. But to, for me, that's all I'm really scared of is their safeties. The Everywhere else, I mean, yeah. I mean, the Bengals, Joe Mixon is a stud. Jamar Chase is good, but I don't know. I, I think he's a guy that is not going to be, you know, the top in that receiver class. I think there's some other guys that might sneak up. I don't know. I just don't – I don't see it. I think they got lucky. I do. I think they won some – some you know, games that could have gone the other way. And yeah, exactly. The entire a season. lot, a lot of them. Yeah. Did they get lucky in the playoffs? Who did they play in the playoffs? The Titans. We'll the, the uh... They didn't. They didn't get lucky. They didn't get no. lucky. They, they it, it was a bad. I mean, game. the Raiders had that weird game where the Raiders had a touchdown, where a touchdown got called back or got called a touchdown when it was a weird. Oh play. yeah, it was out they of bounds. Whistle yeah. early. Yeah, remember yeah. they came back. They came back crazy against the Chiefs and won in overtime, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And, and then the they Titans came played back. like shit. <laughs> right, okay. And then there's yeah. and then there's Cleveland, and that's just comical. It's just so fun to watch them. What's the you guys? Does, does you guys Deshaun Watson play more than nine games? Uh, Zero games. Yeah, I think he might get a year suspension because it's like they're they're doing an investigation, right? Well, he's been there. The NFL investigation is is almost yeah, done because all he has is civil cases now. He doesn't have any <laughs> criminal cases. Commissioner Goodell he, has not committed to like a timeline on when it will be resolved. Of course, you guys think the suspension is coming down from the league? Yeah. Oh yeah. July fourth. Friday July 4th weekend, that's when they'll drop the Deshaun Watson suspension. And then they'll be like, all right, see you guys in two months. NFL kickoff, Labor Day weekend. Come on. They're going to try to bury it. Okay. Literally, Uh, it'll be fucking buried so fast. You'll be like, holy shit. Like, it'll be like a fucking promo of like, uh, 
It'll be like Vince McMahon coming out, like fucking apologizing and be like, yeah, but tonight on Monday Night Raw, we got Stone Cold, Steve Austin, the Do you, do like, you think that's... regardless of the suspensions, like, do you think he'll play during during the civil cases? I think he will. Like, or, or do I... those need to be taken care of first? No, I, I think, think he's been cleared by the, the – well, the criminal ones didn't come yeah. uh, go to court. Right. He's gonna, and then they signed him to $230 million guaranteed. Right. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's worth more to the league. For $230 million guaranteed. <laughs> he's he's yeah. worth more to the thing? league on the field. That's Since what he's When does that happen? Yeah, That's I how bad Cleveland needed it. I would probably play for like $0.3 million. <laughs> yeah. yeah it would would yeah. you also have. But if you, yeah, if you were paying for that much and had 22, uh, Alleged sexual misconduct cases, right? Like, okay. You don't want that fucking guy. So, <laughs> so, so was that contract just like a total coin flip of a like? Oh, yeah. Like they guaranteed they, they, this guy a quarter billion yeah. dollars, and he might not play. They are ever. praying that it works out <laughs> because that's how bad it was. That's how bad they felt it was in Cleveland that they had to take and, that chance. Oh yeah, I think so. I think they felt like I don't know. I don't know why they did that. I would have given Baker another year, probably. But yeah, over if it works, if it works out, Deshaun Watson's the best. I mean, he's a stud, dude. I mean, that guy is freaking filthy good. Deshaun yeah, Watson takes the field to see the best quarterback yeah, in the AFC North. But at the same time, oh yeah, oh yeah, head and shoulders. I think easily. And then the so then the Browns become the favorite. I don't know about the favorite. I mean, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Miles, they'll, Miles Garrett. They'll brown it. They'll brown it for sure. Davon Clowney just resigned. Dude. Denzel Ward still there in Cleveland? Oh, they only got yeah, Cooper they to catch the him. They resigned him. They don't got yeah, nobody else but some, Cooper to catch that ball. It's that karma shit, you know. Sometimes you just never win because you're fucking dirty, rotten scoundrel. Yeah, yeah uh, it's kind of true. Let's talk <laughs> about the commanders. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> Should the Daniel oh, Snyder be, be forced to sell his team? Nah, they should just disband Washington. <laughs> should yeah. they just offer that, the that be an expansion team? He cursed yeah, let's the just franchise. move them. Move them they they, they, they won up. Super Bowls, right? Like in, yeah. in yeah, the 80s. Yeah. No. Oh, they went Washington to the Redskins did. Right. Yeah. Not, the <laughs> Not the commanders. I mean, but they claim they don't claim the same. That, oh, they claim the same, the same history. That's the same. Tell that to. Tell that to Oklahoma City fans who are freaking supersonic from jump ship there. Hey, that the only person I, I heard that was a special case. A special case. They had they like yeah, wanted to deal that, with that the was, city of like, Seattle. To me, like, I always Seattle give Zach Seattle. shit about it because that was equivalent to me going with Oklahoma City after they just took your team would be like coming home. And it was when Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton Jr., like Cal Naughton Jr. stole Ricky Bobby's wife. And it'd just be like coming home and being like, huh, huh this is weird. Whatever. Yeah, I'll move out. No problem. Yeah, yeah. I'll pack my shit. No problem. I'm glad you guys found some happiness. This is sweet. It's like, what the fuck? How could you possibly not read the room a little better than that? So, like, so and we all Sonic fans have laser fans? What? No. Do you think Sonic fans should have become Blazer fans, or what do you think they no. should have done when their team left them? He should have just gave up. Just stop no, watching basketball. Yeah, I would have. I probably wouldn't have been an NBA fan. I would have been pretty <laughs> fucking bitter. 
I wouldn't have been. Forrest doesn't know what it feels like. The Chicago Bulls have been like an establishment team of the NBA. Amen. Yeah, they ain't going nowhere. You don't have to worry about it. You guys had some good times. You you guys got to get back to those good times. Uh, What are the chances that Zach Levine wants to go play in Los Angeles after dinner there? He said he likes it. Honestly, (laughs) I think he'd rather play in Portland. I think he'd rather play in Portland. He's he's from uh, Rainier. So it'd be closer to home. Uh, Yeah, but those guys don't give a shit about that, really. (laughs) They claim to, but they, they, like, they, some of those guys probably visit Seattle like fucking for like a, like a week or two in the offseason. They're like, no, 206, cool. 253, baby. They're staying in there for like two days. That's cool. Zach, actually, he uh, stays in uh, Rainier the whole summer. They're neighbors with Mark Cousins. So he has to That's stay cool. there because his dad wants him to work out there all summer. And his dad is his trainer. So he's there all summer. I did see the video of his dad at the All-Star game when he was like, that was the funniest shit if you remember that because he was like, Dad, I made the All Star team for the first time. We're going to Atlanta, and his dad's like, "They got any casinos?" <laughs> yeah, <team>. exactly. <laughs> they, they got any casinos out there? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> uh, man, but it is I LA. You, you, you never put it. You know. Yeah, yeah no. But the Lakers have to do something, and they don't have any picks to trade. So now you have to like wait for people to each year to try to get the best person and hope that. You the best AD. person you can get That's each you, year plays well with the last person you were able to you, you attract. trade with. AD. AD is your best trade value to get back a bunch of people who can actually play with LeBron. And you got to do actually it be on the court. Yeah. Do it as soon as possible before you yeah. play again. Yeah. Every day is a, is a day mean, lost for that guy, like, I think. What if they He's like, his pass. value is crashing like crypto. So what if the Bulls <laughs> yeah. said, yeah. Oh, his, his value is crashing like Dogecoin. So... Well, no, because uh, Zach, Zach's a free agent right now, so he doesn't get traded. He can sign with whoever. Man, the Lakers can't sign. The Lakers can't sign him in in their cap space, so they'd have to sign yeah. and trade. What are you talking about? There's no such thing as cap space limitations. That is not <laughs> a thing that applies. Well, that's the, the NFL, not the NBA. So, Doctor Bus, Doctor Bus is no so longer here, alive. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, Is anybody watching the Living Time? I do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like three episodes in. It's great. I finished it. It's great, I'm trying it's great. not. I'm. I'm really trying to watch it and remember that this isn't like real. This isn't history. It's just oh, the like, magic yes. definitely just entertainment. Wow, entertainment. I don't know. It's I think it's just, I think magic that's why everybody's so mad. Smashing. But I haven't not, watched this it. This shit isn't heard. real. These conversations aren't are not verbatim. I don't know. I heard they You think Magic Johnson went to that basketball court and played his girlfriend's boyfriend in a full suit? Hell yeah. I have I no do. doubt in my mind he probably did. <laughs> I Imagine do they said he's one of the most competitive people of all time. The, the, the magic fucking the magic persona is an act off the court. On the court, they said he was mean as shit. <laughs> so it's like it's like, you know. I can see I'm him doing it. You got that psycho competitive psychopath in you. You got to. Was was Magic Johnson clutch? Yeah, he was. He was. At six nine point guard, you could guard every position on the court. As a rookie, ball like nobody. In game six without Kareem, he had forty two fucking points, like right. nine rebounds and seven assists, he and play played center in that game. 
in the game winning hook shot, right? Yeah, or like, yeah. like the game ceiling or something like that. Guys, yeah. I haven't gotten to that episode yet. No, that's real life. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> I but don't get do it twisted. If we want to talk about somebody who was clutch, that uh, people will talk about Larry Bird was fucking clutch because he'd just be like, hey, I'm going to run the fuck over there and make this right in your fucking face. And the guy would be like, what? And he'd run over and just go, what? <laughs> They'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> Larry Bird was like, like they want to talk about people that were about it, about it. He literally, like, there'd be, like, moments in the game where he'd be, like, a fucking 100-year-old man. And then the next moment, he scored, like, nine straight points and stole the ball out of nowhere. And it's like, the other guy that was clutched from that era was Isaiah. Because, like, Isaiah and the Pistons, they were mean, but, like, they had to beat some good fucking teams to win their rings. Oh, yeah. They, they, I think it was good, but he had Joe Dumars with him. Yeah, one was at the expense of the Blazers. Right, okay. So Isaiah how, is How many what? of these greats and, also have a side great that elevated them? Uh, like, is Steph <laughs> full Steph without Clay? Oh, Clay. Who is the greatest player play without a number two? Or, or, or a guess, or a guess that you could make the other way that argument could be would be who's the worst number two to a best player, right? Uh, like, yeah, is Joe Durm- Dumars that much worse than Scottie Pippen, or is Clay Thompson maybe that much better than I don't know, let's say who, David didn't, Johnson. who didn't have a great player? somebody that somebody that, yeah, really came in, Hakeem, Hakeem, Hakeem won two rings with. No great number two. That's no, true. So yeah, it, was just, it was just it was just you you Clyde couldn't stop Hakeem and also yeah. Hakeem was the defense. Yeah. And Hakeem, yeah, he was playing with a wash Clyde Drexler at that point. And oh, he had like Kenny Smith right and, Yeah. Um Damn, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, Larry how Bird many had, how many greats didn't have a number two at all? Well, that's what I mean, I'm Hakeem didn't about. have a great number two, but Hakeem had Vernon Maxwell, Otis Thorpe, yeah, you know, yeah, guys like that, Mario Ellie. So, saying he right had a bunch of on, really good threes. Yeah. Right when I came on this podcast, you guys were talking about Charles Barkley, and to me, he's like the greatest player ever to not win a ring. Right? Like, he didn't ever have a super. I mean, kind of. That Houston was, team, they were too old. They fucking sucked. I remember watching He was kind of at the people, end of that Philly team, too. Yeah, people hyped up uh, Houston that year, and they were fucking awful. Like, they, they just – it was the – I just vaguely remember it because I was, like, nine or ten years old, and the uh, Pippen had the Rockets jersey. It looked all cool and all that, and Hakeem was there. <laughs> they just sucked. Two thumbs down. Who do you, who was with who was with Barkley when he was in the Suns? Like that was probably his best. Yeah, uh, like Dan well. Marley. Yeah, Dan Marley. Kevin Johnson Cedric, was still there. Yeah, Cedric Zabalos. Um, they they were Zabalos. solid. They just they just didn't have like uh, yeah. Still could beat Jordan. Superstar. <laughs> you still have to play Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> that was tough. Yeah, yeah. you do. Uh, who is going to be like? How long do you think uh, Giannis holds on to the clutchest player before some like a guard takes it away? 
that is super I, like I don't know. Uh, he's still young, man. He's he's got a long ways to go. You think Giannis is gonna like be the MVP for the next couple of seasons? Or the uh, rightful MVP? Like our M- uh-huh. like, MV the, the actual MVP trophy gets decided by I think Giannis is the next LeBron in like the sense of like Jordan was Jordan. Jordan was Jordan and there was nobody on this beautiful earth that was as good as him. And it was just kind of, and then, you know, all of a sudden it was LeBron and it seemed like it happened, you know, like a baton passing. Right. Yeah. And now, and now doesn't it feel like it? LeBron is on his last dance. Right. And Giannis is just, he won a championship. He's on his way. It seems like, there's just not an argument, I feel like, for anybody else. Like, Steph Steph does something. Giannis, to me, just does so many things so great, you know. Just like LeBron. That's why we, I think, consider him so great. That's why we consider Jordan so great. They all did so many things so well. Curry's the greatest shooter of all time. He's already cemented that, right? But where? what else do we say after that, you know? How many more years does Steph Curry have? Uh, at least three. Fuck, I fuck think that shot ain't gonna die. I don't think, right? I I feel like if it just falls off. So what? Ray Allen played until he stopped. When did Ray Allen stop playing? He didn't stop because he couldn't play. He just kind of just stopped. He yeah, had done what he could. Well, you know, all that drama with those with Boston dudes and yeah. So it's cool. Just, they just gotta walk off into the sunset at some point. Right. Bring it up he won his championship before it falls off. Got his money. Yeah. Tanner, what did you guys think of the all NBA stuff today? What's up, Luke? Going back to that baton passing. Kobe Bryant, for a while though, I feel like was kind of ahead of LeBron. Oh, for sure. It went from Kobe to, was, to LeBron. Yeah, that was a uh, that was definitely what. How many years was that where Kobe was kind of? You know, Kobe wasn't an anchor leg. I don't know. The year after Shaq got traded till about 2007. And then he still was tearing it up till about 2012. Kobe doesn't get the love from people just because of how people thought he was so mean. You know, how he was just really focused on on winning, winning the right way. That's true. People didn't like the way he came off. Yeah, people people don't like it because – he didn't really care about what people thought. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, everybody who's ever like crazy, like people, the, that's what I love about like people in uh, like the media and all that other shit. I don't mean to go on a rant like this, but like they act like, oh, this guy was mean and that, 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 the other. And it's like, yeah, you motherfucker. Like when, as soon as you get off the camera, we know how you're talking to the people that work for you. So like quit acting like, oh, this guy was mean. This guy, this guy needs to learn how to treat people better. It's like, why don't you look within? It's like I don't mean to what? like I don't mean like a lot of them seem to not realize like these people that host shows and all that that do that. I wonder like, do you treat the people that are around you the same way? If you had to do the press conferences every day, if they're like, hey. You open that show and your monologue like had a bunch of like, you know, facts or lies by omission. What do you think of that? Do you think they want to like hear that? No. So it's like that's where what? I that's where I always got like mad about that with oh, someone's mean. And it's like, yeah, what as soon as you get fired, somebody leaks a bunch of stuff how mean you are. So like right, right. Yeah. You gotta be a competitor, right? Like you gotta go out. I mean, we've all we're all we're all athletes, we've all competed at 
you know, whatever level. And it's like, you know, just like I, I texted you guys this morning, it's like, show me that, show me someone that's okay with losing and I'll show you a freaking loser. Like, right. You know, that, that doesn't have to if be. You're, if you're like, have... if your attitude is that you're okay with losing, you will continually end up that way. Absolutely. And if you're going to, you know, if, if, you know, let's say play is upset with me because of my attitude or my, you know, the way that I said something in the heat of battle, right? Like that's where I just get like, come on. We're out here trying to do something bigger than all of us. Like if I say something to you and you didn't like the way I said it and you know, or, or like you said, clay, like somebody thinks that you're being mean or, or something like that. It's just kind of like, man, that's not what we're doing out here. That's not what it's about. If you taking it that way is just being selfish and we're trying to win, you know? So yeah, like Kobe did that and, he kind of had to do it more after he lost Shaq, right? And those were kind of the years where it was kind of back and forth between him and LeBron, right? Everybody was, you know, he finally won that MVP, I think, what year? In 2007, you said? Six, maybe? Kobe has, like, oh, yeah. what? Two? One? One? I think he has one MVP. He won his first MVP in, like, 2007. LeBron has... Two. Four. Two total? Four. Over Three, maybe? eighty years in the league, four. <clears throat> yeah. How LeBron many? How many? How many MVPs does LeBron have? Okay, uh, does it, okay, but so do these awards matter? No, in, I don't think so. Okay, no. but they matter in contracts, right? Yeah, some of the those. some of the incentives are you have to make all based off media voting, which is crazy to me. Well, yeah, like, that's what I was asking you is about the All-NBA stuff. Like, Luke, I'd love to hear what Luke's opinion is about the All-NBA teams. Well, I thought, we'll they, were, I thought the, they were whack. The selections. <laughs> First team All-NBA, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, Giannis, Jason Tatum, uh, Jokic. Is your first team. Second team, John Morant. Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid. Third team, Chris Paul, Trey Young, LeBron, Siakam, and Carl Anthony Towns. I just don't get how LeBron doesn't get it over KD. Like, LeBron went absolutely off this season. They sucked, but he had a good it's season. A, played another game. Uh, if he was younger, we, he'd be pissed, right? Because, like, Devin Burke, well, Booker got first team, and that was – now he can get the Supermax. He's uh, the only person – yeah, he's the only person on the first team I thought you could switch out. Devin Booker yeah. got first team? Fuck. Uh, okay, so how does that work? If you get a first team, that triggers something where you can be paid a certain percentage. If you make – If you draft by the same team, if you're on the same team that you were drafted by and then you – eventually get up to these statuses of getting like first team all NBA or something like that. And when you're up for an extension, like Damian Lillard got a super max, uh, John Wall got a super max, you know, all these guys that were getting max deals off their teams that drafted them, you know, and Devin Booker's been with the Suns this whole time. So yeah, he got first team this year and that basically made him eligible. Yeah. But Devin Booker's had an extension already, right? Yeah, but I don't think he's had the super max yet. Right. Okay. He's like, yeah. So he got an extension, but now that he's first team All NBA, he he's can eligible. 
for the Superman. 218 yeah. million or something like that. Yeah. yeah, he may not get it. They need to make it positionless. I agree, Luke. That's what sure. I was just going to say because I think, I think it's so stupid that Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Jokic are not first team players. They are they like I get that, but those are the three MVP guys. Like, how are they not first team? Gotcha. So, so it should just be the top five. Yes, and then six and, through ten, and then eleven through fifteen, and that's just your yearly best fifteen. There's no position. There's no positions in basketball. I mean, what's what do you call Luka Doncic? What do you call LeBron? What is LeBron? Is he a small forward? Are we going to say LeBron James is the greatest small forward to ever play in the NBA? Okay, ever. yeah, probably, right? Ever. Right? He's not, a, he's not a small forward. He brings the ball up the court 90% of the time. Right. He Sometimes guard centers. Yeah, some of these – and some of these some of these teams should not have copied that trend because the, uh, they – I didn't like it when Kevin Durant was doing that for a while because it's like, bro, you are not LeBron in that ball handling sense, like where – like bringing it up the court. Let you get that in the half court. And then you can beat guys off the dribble and shit like that. When it seems like Kevin Durant, just like at times to me, like like super high, incredible basketball IQ, all this. But then they just make some fucking bozo choices, and it's like I think I think unfortunately leaving the Warriors kind of fucked Kevin Durant over because like going and pairing up with Kyrie was not the best idea. But I don't know. I I kind of think uh I kind of think LeBron kind of feel weird about it. Like I agree with Tanner, but I also think him playing only the he barely played the amount of games to get uh, you know the points per game award. One Yeah, he he didn't play enough games, so I look at I look at his year and I'm kind of like, yeah. But he played one more game than Durant. Yeah. Shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, Durant only played 55. Uh, Jack yeah, he had 56. That I think he needed 58 to qualify. <clears throat> and so he didn't even get that. And he was leading the league almost. So like, Kevin, you dealed with enough shit this, this year, man. We're gonna Kevin get- Durant, 29.9 points, 7.4 rebounds. LeBron James, 30.3 points, 8.2 rebounds. 18, 18 time all NBA selection, LeBron James. How many more of those does he have? Do you think he like gets one more third team before like he's just an honorable mention? When is LeBron James gonna fall off? I thought it was gonna be like three years ago. Never. Like when he was he's like, too yeah. big. He's too it's big. different. It's different now. You watch guys play in the eighties, they would literally play all eighty two games. You watch guys now, they t- they can take games exactly. off. Totally different. Also, the money he spends that uh, he spends to take care of his body is ridiculous. He spends over a million dollars just to take over, take care of his body during the offseason. That's just the offseason. He's not taking the beating, no. you know, that they used to. No. Guys get – guys, you put a finger on someone's uh, arm and it's a foul. Back in the 80s, you get clotheslined and it's like, what foul? You know, Carry on. I don't see a molar yeah. on the floor. Exactly. Yeah. And so – That I mean, was already there. <laughs> totally different, yeah. Totally different league. Like I, I, when I was watching basketball in the eighties, like it was regular to see somebody pop up with like a bloody nose and no call. You know. So now the fucking floor did it. 
Yeah, right. So, like, I mean, <laughs> like, people don't realize it now because they don't really have the clips anymore because the NBA doesn't want to put it out. But, like, Larry Bird used to regularly get Conspiracy. Larry Bird would fight anybody, you know. Uh, then you'd have anybody who yeah. played the Pistons would fight them. So well, the one that they talk about, too, was uh, – John Stockton and Isaiah Thomas had some feud, and Carl Malone elbowed Isaiah Thomas so bad he had like forty stitches. And it's like, yeah. how the hell does that even happen? And that's 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 regular. That was regular then. And that you was know, in they, the second quarter. They yeah, guys like Rick Horn. Uh, oh no, he got kicked out of that game because it looked like a gunshot wound. But like that's about that's what it took <laughs> to get out of the game. You had to you had to forty stitch someone. Robert Parrish and Kevin McHale had like the sharpest elbows in the league back then. Like I don't, and they were tall, they were skinny, and if those elbows hit you, you were coming up with blood on your eyebrow. The so guys, guys nowadays, I mean, there, there's still some hard fouls, but like, it's not the same. Guys can play longer. <laughs> right. The bad. Yeah, guys, so the bad boy Pistons had the Jordan rules. Oh my gosh. I mean, what were the Jordan rules? Like what? Like list them out. Basically, it was only number one rule. He doesn't get to the basket without getting touched. That was the number without one. Without getting touched. Without getting touched. There was no way he was getting to the basket, you know, and they would give it to him. I've seen him hit the ground. Sometimes I didn't know if he was going to pop back up, honestly. And you know who got worse, though, was Pippen, because Pippen didn't care. Like, Pippen would go at him, and he got probably worse than Jordan did, because Jordan was a little smarter. <laughs> Pivot and the league, and the league would probably tell take the elbows. Right, and the league would probably just probably tell the Pistons maybe not so much on Jordan because he was the league. See, there was no way they were really like what people don't realize, and I get it. It's when you're getting like knocked out in the air, it's different. What I would always try to do when I got undercut is if I could find any piece of you to grab onto, I would, and so I would pull you down. And like the one time I got undercut where I could. I grabbed them and rolled them on top of me and just like pushed them on the ground. <laughs> I was like, I just pushed up off. It's like, all right, that worked out for you, didn't it? Did you get, did you get undercut a lot? No. <laughs> Believe it or not. Like, I don't think I've ever gotten undercut. No. In basketball. Like, Am I just not? I would, I would be patient about what? it. I didn't like, get, I didn't get like a girl emotional. I would just wait. <laughs> And I would just knock your fucking ass out of the air. Like, it was so easy. Like, it's like, they'd always be like, oh, I'm stronger than this guy. And it's like, I would just hip check them, like, when they're in the air. And then, like, just, like, toss this in. when. The, and it's like, back then, you know, there was no video review. So you can just make everything look tight and toss it in. So it's like, it was like WWE. Yeah. You just, if you worked it, I mean, like. I you never were, hurt anybody. You were trying to do that. the opposite. Like, I never hurt anyone where they actually went out of the game, like, from something I did. Like, there was one guy that had, like, I watched him. I watched him separate his shoulder or dislocate it or whatever and come back into the game. And I blocked the shot on him one time with the ball. And I took him and the ball. And I just <laughs> twisted his arm back because I knew it's. Because I knew his shoulder was Because you knew it was going to hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, I pitched him on the ground. But, but it was like, that's about the meanest I got. Like, And I was You were just trying game. to show him that he should have stayed out of the game? Yeah, like, dude, like, you don't tell. Here's the thing. Never do this. If you're, like, the Patriots, everybody does it right in the NFL. 
Never tell anyone you're fucking injured. Like, I remember one game, and I was nice about That's it, or I would have been a fucking... Oh, this is, this is a mean one. I would have been a dick. Like, this guy was talking about how he had a torn ACL, and he had just... Ah, oh, I, I haven't had surgery, and I'm three months... Uh, I'm three months, uh, like, post-injury. And it's like, don't fucking tell me that because I'm gonna. I want to knee you in the fucking knee right now. <laughs> like I want to. There was be somebody. That was asshole. somebody in high school you were playing basketball against. Yeah, a kid from uh, a rival school too, and it's like, yeah, oh, he I was like, hey man, look, I'm just out here representing yeah, it's like, guys. We only had six guys on the bus today. No, 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 just, no. He hey, only wanted to but play I had, I had, I, I just year. had, I just hurt my knee, bro. So <laughs> probably chill out. And you were like, no. No, 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 I watched him play football and I watched him injure his knee. And then it's like that it was January from August to January. And it's like, gee, many crickets. There's no way that knee's healthy. So it's like, what are you doing out here? Clay is a hitman. He will target your fucking knee. Don't tell him <laughs> your shit hurts. Yeah, we all like, got to play basketball, though. But oh, no, do, not, not pickup games and shit like that. That'd be stupid. Yeah, but like, you know, no. real it, back when it mattered, I didn't care. Like, you could have done it to me. Like, I just feel like the people that did do it to me didn't realize, like, I would just fake it. And even if it really hurt, I'd just be like, <laughs> I guess, like you know, have to eat it for a second. Like I probably sprained my ankle two or three times as a freshman, and then somehow it just stopped happening. Like I like when you'd see someone's foot coming down, and and you realize your foot's heading towards it. You know, you just like, like oh, I'd rather ran, land awkwardly. I'd rather like do the splits real quick than do that because it's like I don't know, like. That was one I, I never was a fan of and I wouldn't do to people was put the foot under the foot. I thought that was a fucking the foot under plan. the foot? Jump shot, jump shooter. And then they roll their ankle? You've never heard of that? <laughs> on purpose? Yeah, people do that on purpose. I, well, I mean, that's shit. why they have the rule in the NBA. You got to give people yeah. space to land. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Because people were just, it was like an epidemic of it. People were just doing it all the fucking time. It was just like... <laughs> Yeah, Ooh. somebody's getting hot. Fuck you. Sprain your ankle. <laughs> uh, no, just box them out, man. Just beat them. Uh, just beat them on the boards, bro. Well, the, uh, yeah, aren't you like the, the rebound leader at your? No, I, 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 no, I'm telling you from. I watch people try to do this to me, and I watch other people do it. Not believe it or not, not on our team. We didn't have dirty players like that. Everyone kind of was. <laughs> he's, he's like, I wouldn't say oh, I got it, my but, record. Like, no, nobody. There was nobody that was too dirty of a player. Like, as as coaches, would you guys like? What's the? I can't let this kid play. There's too much. Like, if it's long term injury risk, like if <laughs> if one of your basketball or football players comes up to you guys and is like, "No, I can play, coach," and you're like, uh, "What's when do you have to pull the kid out?" <laughs> uh, In a game, like if it's. A, yeah, if it's like an awkward looking knee thing to me, I, I'd be like, probably not. Say, Unless you're like me, a senior and it's the playoffs. For me, well, what's football, what's the line between like, oh, fight through it, you know, what determination and grit? Well, that I'm gonna uh, here's the thing with any like the kids where we went to school, like you're not gonna be like on a football scholarship, so you don't have to worry about that. 
<laughs> you're more or less you you want if, if you're like a really good basketball player that's what you probably should be thinking about for the next uh and what the situation is now if you're on scholarship or something else yeah you got a different variety of thought i feel like the only time i've ever taken a kid out in a football game is either concussion which is just kind of a big deal nowadays obviously but um and then yeah knee knee stuff but everything else, I feel like, you know, ankle stuff, it's like, tape that shit up. Let's go. Like, it's going to be like, it's going to be sore tomorrow anyway. Or it's going to be fun. Yeah. I think that's the way I look at it. Like, if, if, if I, and you can tell with kids, kids are kind of hard. I mean, you're asking probably more for like upper level, but high school, you know, kids, you can tell. Yeah, if high they're school. Injured. You can tell if they're injured or if they're hurt. That's what I say to my kids a lot, you know. There's a difference between it being injured and being hurt. Are you injured or are you hurt? If you're injured, we got to get this figured out. If you're hurt, well, there's probably something we can do to get you back in the game. I mean, that's yeah. Well, that's you know where I play football. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Like, okay, so as a basketball coach, any of your players like tweak something, and you were like, "Nah, bro." Oh yeah, no. If, if if they go down with the leg injury, it's totally you're done. It's probably done I'm not going to put you back in. Yeah. Like, uh, if you roll the ankle, too, because in basketball, it's different. Um, you roll the ankle, you go back in, you can possibly tear something just because of the movement, the stop and go and everything like that. Mm. You can tape it up as much as you want. It's still going to get ruined because that tape is going to loosen. Yep. So, yeah, if it's a leg injury, anything from your hip down, you got to sit them. Uh, you can evaluate for a whole yeah. quarter and then you can make a decision. But more than likely, he's not going to play the rest of the game. Yeah, the one time I, like, had an actual ankle sprain. I think I was like a freshman. And I just couldn't handle having my ankle. <laughs> I played one quarter on that. And yeah. I think I cut it to about as loose as possible. And well, uh, every kid's different. Yeah. I got yeah. lucky and it just stopped hurting a couple of days later, but that's about it. Like, what's the what's the hurtest you guys have ever played through like a sporting event? Oh, I definitely had a broken hand. <laughs> like through a basketball season or uh yeah like my junior year of basketball i just like i got my hand absolutely smashed up and i just like iced it and taped it and kind of like put it back into place and it stopped hurting after <laughs> like a week and uh yeah like i did like I felt like I was getting disrespected too because like they were like bitching me out. It's like, hey, motherfucker, like you guys are. I'm still playing like the whole fucking game, so you're you're not pulling me out. So if I'm playing like shit, like you know, they were giving you shit because your play suffered when you had a broken hand. (laughs) Yeah, I was playing still halfway decent too. Like I uh, like because it stopped hurting after a while, so it's like. Even if I got hit on it, it stopped hurting. But it definitely, like, I just have, a like, a decent uh, – if it's not, like, super painful, I can handle it. It was super painful for, like, three days, so I didn't practice, like, the whole week. So that was it. And then I, like, taped it into, like, a boxer's grip, like, that could open for, like, two games. And then I said, fuck that, and kind of went on my way. And – it healed up fine. What about you, Joe Jobs? I want to hear what Jobs is. 
I feel like Luke's played play. through like broken. Shit. Luke had staph infection. That's pretty bad. <laughs> looks like, <laughs> looks like I just had a bad week. Really, is the worst thing I ever played through. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, what was it? One time, I had a concussion. I don't even remember the whole second half. Oh yeah, I do. Did you yeah, play? Where was that? What was the first half like? What is this? Basketball? Football? Awesome. Because actually, my cousin Evan Tanner's brother, me and him both got a concussion that game. And he and me, we were both having amazing games. And we were beating them. And then I remember we lost. But (laughs) all I do remember is that we were walking off the field. And I came back to it. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? And I don't remember that second half at all. You don't? Does that, that, did anybody watch that game? Is that, I played the first half, and then I don't think all of a sudden I, I woke up and we lost. <laughs> is, there, is there any video of what you look like in the second half? I could a video for you, but I I feel like I played all right. I mean, what was this high school? Played in the second yeah. half. Yeah, the whole second half. God, I uh, <laughs> we had one kid get yeah. so badly concussed when I was a sophomore. Like, he didn't know where the fuck he was. He was, like, running back onto the field, trying to tackle people without a helmet on. <laughs> like, it was pretty oh, – cool. no. it was, like, crazy and funny at the same time because we were like, what the hell is this? And uh, uh, I actually somehow I, – I think for the most part, I uh, – if I got them, they were pretty minor concussions, like many ones. Because I – how I many took concussions. Pretty, do you think you've had? Uh, I would say. Uh, <laughs> How many, Clay? I would say I'm gonna say zero. <laughs> like, I really think zero. What C- compared to like what other people have had? I definitely. I've whacked my head pretty fucking good, but like, <laughs> uh, I've only been like knocked out once and it was for like three seconds and it was like i got uh something that folds out folded out and it was like aluminum and it molly me onto my ass and i like kind of woke up and i was sitting up and when i was you know when i was awake before i was standing so Tanner's going to dip out appreciate you for being on man Hey boys, let's do it again. This yeah. was fun. Uh, right, so yeah. I'll, I'll I'll be more organized with my Steelers stuff next time. Don't you worry. We <laughs> are looking forward to getting more information and analysis from you later in the season for the Steelers. Sounds, Very soon. Sounds sounds good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, give me <laughs> give me in there like uh, week eight. You know, week eight. <laughs> it's gonna be uh-huh. way before that. We'll see you soon, bro. <laughs> see you, boys. Yeah. Right, I actually need to get going too, boys. I gotta get going to bed here, and I gotta make some dinner. Unfortunately, I'm. Uh, I'm uh, getting on the road tomorrow, so I right, better so hop off right, too right bro. now. Yep, hey, yep. Be All safe, right. man. We'll yep, see yep. you later Good on. chatting with y'all. Hey, take care. That's Clayton Mortar. Shout out to Clay. Uh, all right. So now. Uh, playing in Samoa, man, you know, you don't get really evaluated, especially so when I was in high school. like Right. So uh, when I left for to play baseball at UH, they had to do a physical when I got there. And the doctor was just like, how is your arm still attached to your shoulder? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, your doctors never told you, your trainers never told you that you had a torn labrum? I was like, no, I had a separated shoulder. I played a whole season with a separated shoulder. He goes, well, that led to your torn labrum. It's still torn. So I had to set up my freshman year. Your throwing shoulder? 
not my left shoulder. Oh, okay. So yeah, my left shoulder. Uh, it it was weird. Uh, I was was I playing at the time? I think I was uh, playing middle linebacker. So I went in to make the tackle. When I reached out like that, I grabbed him. He went forward, and somebody came and pushed me from behind. So my arm went like that, and it popped oh, out of place. But I kept playing the whole season with it, and I figured ah, it'll just pop in and pop out. It doesn't really matter. Some more, they don't really tell you stuff like that. And then when I got there, he was like, yeah, you have a torn day, bro. Your shoulder's still really separated. And he goes, eh. And then he looked at my knee. He goes, and your knee. <laughs> I was like, you know what I mean? It's weird. So playing Samoa is a trip. Because uh, like how Clay was saying, when you get hurt in Samoa, you get, you expect it from your your teammates. Or like, man, you can't play no more. Oh, you're not that good. But to get it from your coaches is a different kind of torture. Like you're sitting on the bench and your uh, coach yeah, is telling cool. you like, oh, you don't have the heart for it? Okay, I'll let somebody else go in because you don't have the heart for it. You don't like, you can't play for your brothers? And you're sitting there like, bro, I'm 16 years old. Bro, are you trying to guilt trip a Right, I'm 16 years old. I'm definitely guilty now. Like, at 16 years old, I was like, no, you know what, coach? I got it. (laughs) Your coaching is so bad that you need an injured player is like your best. uh, I was like, bro. It was so funny, man. And That was Uh, me coming, transferring in from California. And they were just like, oh, he's coming to save our football team. I was like, no, 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 that's not what I'm here for. Let's um, let's talk about the uh, the first week of the NFL season. Mm. Who do the Chargers play? Us. The Raiders. That's, so you were asking me, that's probably the most important game is the first game. Not just because it's the Chargers, but with the new regime in town, um, they're really going to have, like, that's really going to set a tone for, like, not really how they do the rest of the year, but how people are going to view them the rest of the year. They, they went in, they got uh, Ziegler, they got McDaniels, uh, they got all these high-profile players like Devontae Adams. They let guys go. So, like, it's one of the biggest turnovers in the league right now. So, um, that's a big game, just the first game alone, and because it's the Chargers as well, you know? Division? Yeah. I mean, that was a – that was our line. We had to play you guys to get into the playoffs. So, oh yeah, is this a revenge game for? This is a revenge guys, game for the Chargers. I, I I think it is because, I mean, you you guys also need to show that you guys are a much better team than you guys were. That we're not a much better team because you guys were pretty good last year. So, uh, we need have to, to show be a much better team. <laughs> you guys, guys got the line help both like sides. That? What was that? Do you think they schedule like that on purpose? I think they do. I think they do. I, I don't really the schedule buy into is for the whole, ratings. Yeah. I don't yeah, think they, I don't buy into the whole the league is against the Raiders. Maybe at one time or another. But I mean, I think it's just good. No, nah, I think that's Raiders propaganda. No, they don't like us, bro. <laughs> Why? Why do you think that? Just because for from the Al Davis uh, years, um, he was so rebellious. He was definitely anti league. But I mean, that, that's not the Raiders now. So, like back then, I mean, he definitely didn't want to go with the league, you know. So the league would penalize them in like the, their scheduling and stuff. I think they'd still do to certain teams now, with certain players. Also, uh, I think the league is which players? First and foremost, Colin Kaepernick. Right. I mean, but are you talking <laughs> about scheduling? Well, for scheduling, though, like you're definitely going to give like the harder schedules to teams. Like you know, I mean, obviously you want to see. All right, well, you guys were talking all this shit. We're going to give you a hard schedule and see how you do. You know? I mean, the schedule is picked out, right? The the who you're going to play is is projected. Like, 
you're going to play an, a team, a conference, a, a division from your conference, a division from the opposite conference. Right. Each of your three division rivals twice, and then three other games. You can't help who you play in your division. Four other games. Yeah. You can't, can't help, help who you play in your division. Games, yeah. But did they – I mean, Denver and Seattle are playing. Week one. Right, week one. <laughs> So did that just line up with the, those two conferences, or was it? I, I think it's. I, I I really think it's. So uh, we knew they were going to play each other, right? We just didn't what, know when. What better way to start off your league by having those two teams? Play? And they were like, right now. How does like it? You, uh, could, you could have had the Raiders play Green Bay, but it's not. It's not as big as how the season ended for the Chargers against the Raiders. Tons better ratings to watch them. <sighs> Also, yeah, Wilson won a Seattle. And then Seattle, just because of the way um, – That's crazy. Russ left. Obviously, they're trying to play on that drama. So, is Does Russ have an advantage playing in Seattle? Um, Not if people can't afford those $400 tickets. That the stadium is going to be full, and yeah. they are all going to be yelling. I don't know. I think people will still – I think they're still love for uh, – Bro, I got the Seahawks winning six games based on the fucking stadium, like, and regression. It's – and the 12. I don't think it gets – dude, their defense is going to be pretty good. Right. Yeah. What? Give me a win total for the Seahawks. I really think 10. 10? That's great. I think they're going to be a lot better than people think. I think especially the way – you see, you follow people on social media, but you see things that come up just because I follow the Seahawks, and a lot of their defensive guys are like pretty jacked up about what they have this year. And I don't know, man they they could be good. Yeah, Pete Carroll's teams are always better when they're running the ball, and so now without Russ, he's really going to have to implement a system where he's going to have to run the ball a lot more. And they've got a a bunch of running backs right now, mm-hmm. um, so. He'll, he'll be able to run the ball. They still have Penny. They still got Carson. They picked up um, Ken Walker. Yeah. Right, so Ken, Ken Walker is definitely going to be just a beast for them, I think. So the, uh, um, I asked I asked Shane, if not Drew Locke, who would he have quarterbacking uh, the Seahawks into the future? And he was like, I don't know, Archie Manning. I'm not sure. I'll give Locke a chance and hope he develops into a solid quarterback. However, I'm not confident in this season. We have more holes than just quarterback. Russell helped cover up for a lot of that. So I just hope for a year of developing guys and then another draft to build our line and defense. But 10 wins is a playoff berth, right? Or on the fringe of a playoff berth. It's going right. to be 11? Bold. We've seen teams make ten wins and not make the playoffs. So, what? How many wins <laughs> did the Raiders have? Nine. I, I think it was ten. Ten and seven. But the year before that, the Dolphins had ten. They didn't make it. the Dolphins and somebody else. Why does Lockett shit on so much though? Hasn't Just because he, he was hurt? brought into Denver when they no, brought him into his Denver. stats aren't good. Like he didn't win games, but then he's yeah. playing. Games? He was Hard playing Philip Rivers. He was playing Derek Carr, Mahomes. Like and they also had problems there at quarterback. They were Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch. They've been trying to replace Peyton Manning for like ten I, years. I think he got the really bad end of uh, Paxton Lynch's uh, deal because, like, 
Paxton Lynch was really supposed to be their guy. They drafted him like early, early. And when like he didn't pan out, something like that. And he was, you know, he had the size. He's like 6'7", 220 coming into the league. And then he just did not do anything. Wasn't it? But and then Drew Larkett shit on because he's got an under 60% completion rate. And then he's like, his touchdown to interception rating is 25 to 20. So well, also, because the, I guess because the chance they took on him, they could have drafted the quarterback who was Wasn't probably he like, like second, second round or something. He was, but they so after they started him, instead of uh drafting somebody, you know, what I mean, they stuck with him coming out of high school, Drew Locke, and in college, actually, he was really like highly touted. Missouri. He was really good at Missouri, he was really good at Missouri, but not the, in Denver. No, change of speed <laughs> is totally different. People don't realize how, how fast the game is professionally. Like, if you could beat guys in college, I mean, uh, just like half of the other team, then you come to the NFL or the NBA and realize that everybody on average is your speed <laughs> and all the elite players are like, you know what I mean, 10 times faster than you. Mm. It sucks. <clears throat> they have another gear that you just yeah. don't have. You find they that don't out see- when you go to the best of the best. Right, and the schemes are different. You know what I mean? NFL schemes are totally different than college schemes. They kind of dumb it down for you uh, when you're playing college football. Um, it's just that when I was in junior college, like um, our quarterback, he was really good, but he wasn't the great at reading defenses. Super athletic. Could do everything with his arm and his legs, but just wasn't the best at reading a defense. So they really had to dumb all the routes down for him, um, reading the deep game. They did everything they could so that he didn't have to read much of the defense. What uh, what music are you listening to this week? I'm still on that Kendrick album. Same. There's like that, I think like track four to track two on yeah. the second part. It's just like, I've just yeah, been looping those. I haven't been listening to, to something else. Through the whole yeah. thing yet. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you got to listen to Savior. Savior is my best, uh, my favorite song off the album. Savior is my best song off the album. Um, but just, I mean, you waited so long for something and then you're like, ah, oh, you don't want to be too, mm. uh, get your hopes up too high. And then it comes out and you're just like, it exceeds, it exceeds your highest hopes. And you're like, God damn, he is Kendrick Lamar. And then to know that he plans not to make any more music after this, it says it makes the album. What? Yeah. This is supposed to be his last album. He's retiring after this. No. no music. He's going to focus on other things. Oh, damn. Yeah. So. I mean, then again, this album took a long fucking time. Amen, amen. He he, t- he surely mean, took his time. You know what else in the album that's pretty neat is Kodak Black. Like I feel like he does a good job in his album because I've never really liked Kodak, but I haven't listened to the new Kodak. I mean, when you guys uh, listen to albums, do you like have certain sections that you start at, or do you? What's the no I'll, skip? Do you guys like have no skip albums? <clears throat> yeah. Oh man, the last no skip album. Uh, well, Kendrick. Yeah, I mean, you can say it's a no skip album. I think the last no skip album I had was like Black Street, Another Level. That's a no skip album for me, definitely that I can remember. Like, well, that's pretty far back, but um, what year was that? Jesus, I want to say like ninety eight, maybe. It was my senior year of high school, I think. 
when they came out with that. I was not enjoying music by the album. I, so that was the thing for me, like, because uh, obviously when I was growing up in the States, you go to a store, you buy, you know what I mean? You had the old album, but like living in Samoa, like you would hear a single and that's what they sold at the record store. And everybody would just go get the one single. But I'd be like, damn, I'm going to get an album because I want to see what else is on the album. I can't just listen to that one song the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I was always one of those kids that bought the whole album for no reason. And you'd always fall in love with two or three songs <laughs> that no one ever, you know what I mean? No one ever would fuck with on the album. Um, who else? Uh, the new Vin Staples album. If you have a chance to listen to that, the new Vin Staples album. That also might be a no skip. It's a really good album. Kaylani's album just came out. She's all right. That one's all right. She's on tour with Rico Dasty. Yeah, to be on tour. They, they'll be here. They'll be out here in Portland. What Portland? Uh, yeah, Kaylani's coming out here. Um. Tickets just went on sale not too long ago. Hey, you see Tanel's on tour? She's on tour after that. That uh, after, What is it, Brooklyn? Yeah. I need to look at the, the stuff. But Tanel going on tour. Um, she's going to be up in Seattle. They're not stopping in Portland. No. <laughs> you going to go up? I might. I might. That's a that's pretty big. Shots, um, bro. Yeah. That's pretty big. Um who else came out with the album? There's, there's a ton of albums that just came out. What did Sefa put out this week? Did he finish his? I think he put he's out. He's been laying down tracks every Friday. Yeah. Off his new album. He's so lyrical. He's, he's so dope. Oh, if you guys don't listen to Young Go, Young Go's pretty dope. Uh, he's, uh, I think he's tonguing. But if you have time to listen to Young Go, he's pretty dope. But uh, what's that? Uh, what's Kodak's album called, Luke? Um, he's just in Kendrick's album. Yeah, yeah that song. I've heard that, him that in a bunch. Is, I've heard that him. record is dope. That uh, Kendrick. Bang, uh, Kendrick, what you doing on the record with Kendrick? She yeah, the record with a legend. I like it. And I love the piano, dude. I like doom, doom, doom. album sick. People, I feel like people around my age just don't really like it that much. And I don't get it. What is your age? Tw- like, you know, the, I feel like 20 to 30 range. What is specifically your age? I can't say that. Happy, happy, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Hey, man, I saw that. Happy belated birthday. I appreciate it. But yeah, um, I just feel like, I don't know. Even people a little bit younger than me, I we're they're so used to. I don't know, music's different now, and I feel like he took his time on this album, and it sounds great. And definitely, I don't also, know if, if Good Kid, Mad City was the like the voicemails uh, at the end of everything, but just the storytelling of that album was like a no skip. My first no skip was the Marshall Mathers LP. <clears throat> And I was like nine, ten? I think it was ten. And it was uh it was it sounded really good. Right. So different for everybody. Like, oh Something man, different. that is graphic. Yeah. <laughs> um I think yeah, I listened to that for like months and it shaped my life. <laughs> what is good? It shaped the way I like listen to music. Uh, 
what's a what's a dope thing that happened to you guys this week? What is like some good news? Oh <laughs> uh, man, you know what? This right now. Uh this right now. It's been a long week for me. So just getting on in here, chopping it up about something that I don't have to deal with. I can push everything else that I'm dealing with to the side and not have to think about that for a little bit. That's the best thing that's happened to me all week. Do we need to talk about it? No, no. No. If it was that deep, I wouldn't be on here. <laughs> oh man. I'm, I'm one of those, I'm one of those people that if 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 I'm dealing with something, you won't see me for a few days or weeks or whatever. I just I kind of shut how down. Be, how me. best is it for people to uh to help you when you're doing something like that? Oh man, like you can you can stay like so I know a lot of people don't like to be bothered or like it's they'll set their boundaries um and just like not want to deal with anybody or anybody or anything. But I'm like, if you hit me, man, like, I'm not going to not hit you back. Like, especially if you need me for something. That's just me. That's the way I'm built. Like, I'll, I'll kind of just, I'll suffer through what I'm suffering through, but kind of just tuck it in and be like, if you Wait. really need me. If you're going through something yeah, or you disconnect from everything and someone calls you and is like, hey, Forrest, what are you doing this afternoon, man? I got these couches. I need some help. So I'm going to help you, man. And and it's it's one of the it's it's how I was taught. It's probably pretty toxic, actually. It's it's um and not taught by anybody else. Just by the way that the, some of the things that I've been through. It's like I know that not too many people have people they can count on. So like if you're hitting me and we're not that close, like obviously like with you guys because we're 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 tight, like. Yeah, I'm gonna drop everything. But like, if you're hitting me, but you don't regularly hit me, it's because you really don't have anybody else. You can hear the desperation. The and that need, is the shittiest feeling ever. That you have to turn to somebody that you're cool with, you don't mind asking, but that you've never really asked for before. That you haven't talked to in 14 months. Because that means your homies that you your, your go tos you can't go to. <laughs> you can't go to your one of your go tos. But what yeah. makes what makes you a person going through something that you're dealing with responsible for, you know, someone else's desperate well, time? Is it well, did, are you just using that to kind of like buffer away from your situation? No, because at the end of the day, I still got to come back and deal with it. You know, right? But you I'm, you get that day off by helping somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it kind of. Yeah, you're right. It gives me a break of, of having to deal with my own shit. Like if I'm going through something and I don't have to think about it because now I'm helping you. So, yeah, you know, what I mean, it takes away from all the shit that I'm dealing with because I know I'm helping somebody else. I feel like there's different ways to look at it, too. Like you have your. I don't know, I guess I'm trying to think of the way to describe it, but keep going. I'll, I'll chime in in a second. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Like. Uh, like I've I've I have friends who like who are just cool like like you know what honestly an acquaintance and but I do I, if you if you read my Instagram every morning I I'm real with it I'm not lying if you need me you hit me I'm there I'm not going anywhere that's what I'm here for I told you that before it's never a lie it's one of the things I don't like mm. if you need something. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it but like if you if, if you need some I'm, I'm there like 
because I, I know what it's like to kind of just not have anybody there. Like you have people, mm-hmm. but the feeling of not being able to, like you're not, you're not confident enough to turn to some of these people and just be like, you know, hey, I need some. I know what that feels like. Like whether whether it's something like like you said, moving a couch or helping you move or getting you somewhere, like maybe you're stuck somewhere or right. Right. Or maybe maybe you need someone to talk to or you need some advice on something. Or maybe you just need someone to listen to your shit. Like, you know what I mean? Someone to just be like, oh, I understand. That's cool. Like, I see what you're talking about. Mm. And you don't have to give no advice. It helps a lot. You know what I mean? Um, and there's a lot of people like. I know you got to take care of yourself because you can't take care of other people if you don't take care of yourself. But there's so many people these days. Who are just taking care of themselves. You know Ooh. I mean? <laughs> they're said the world is selfish. <laughs> Too much self-care. They, there's so many people like, and I get it, man, because I mean, you want to be successful. That's that's what you got to do. You got to look out for yourself. That is not a lot. Are they are they trying to climb the ladder or are they just protecting their their own well-being and mental health? It's, it's both. It's both. I mean, there's some people who have been through some trauma that They'd rather not have to deal with trauma anymore. I get it. That's it's nothing wrong with that. And then there's other people who are willing to focus on the success they they you know focus on the success that society has given to them. You know the view of success that society has given them. And in order to get that, I mean, sometimes you can't take people along with you. You know, that's what society's taught you. That you want to be successful, look out for yourself. Catartic you know? people. Right. Yeah, I, I, I mean... I can dig it. I can dig it. Putting yourself first... But, okay, so... On one hand, it's... Take care of yourself. Put yourself first. Right. Um, because you can't pour from an empty cup. No, you can't. Uh, but then when people start doing that, it leads to less people likely to put up with others bullshit true true so it it immediately comes off as like a standoffish oh no one wants to like help me like no there's people that are willing to help you there's right? people willing to help there's, there's, pe- there's always, always people willing to help always people willing to help so don't feel like it's like it's you against the world when you're having your shit try to no. reach out to somebody you can talk to and hang or or at least feel comfortable with and can can talk through Stuff like that. Right. And I mean, I read this somewhere that, um, you know, if you're hurt and you're trying to uh, help other people or build relationships with other people, you got to be careful because if you're still hurt while you're trying to do that, you're going to end up bleeding over everybody else. Mm, yeah. I feel like yeah. That's the, the cup. Like, yeah. where are you pouring from? Yeah. I think so. that should always be your attitude in life is you should, you should take it and, you know, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to do my thing. Right. At the same time, if you can't be humble about it and help somebody move their couch on the weekend, yeah. and don't have anybody else, then what, what kind of a fucking person are you? Right. What if, is right. someone going, okay. So what if you're, what if you're like having like some real shitty stuff happen to you and you take some time off and you're like, Hey, I'm, <clears throat> I'm just going to take two days and drive to like my brother's house and, hang out with him and kind of detox and then someone like hits you up to go like that. I've been thinking situations like that where you're like, where you're not around. Yeah. Like you're, you're not re going out of your way 
So you're going out of your way to take care of yourself and then detouring again to go out of your way to help somebody. Like I feel like there just needs to be that boundary for yourself where it's like. No, totally. But there are going to be people that you have in your life that you're never going to turn that uh, that call away for, you know? Yeah. So, and I just, it's different, man. Like everybody goes through something or things through the life from me growing up too. And it's not like I had a bad life growing up. And if I did, any of the parts that were bad were my choice. Like I chose that life uh, to live. And those were the consequences that came about some of the things that I made in my life. But like, I just, I've always seen, I've always been friends with a lot of people that had so much less than me, you know? And they were so like, not happier, but they, they didn't care about what, like, uh some of the kids that grew up with us that had everything they didn't they didn't have their problems you know what i mean so watching them go home and be humble like that and always trying to help people with what little they had you know my aunts my uncles uh a lot of the kids that i went to school with like i saw a lot of people who had nothing that gave up everything to help somebody that had so much more than them and never blink an eye but I mean, right, give, help, community, take care of each other, but also draw the line that you can take care of yourself first. Yeah, and there's, they, a lot they, of, there's a lot of people out there that aren't going to help you, you know, no. move your couch. And there's a lot of people that are only going to put themselves first. And uh, I think that's the biggest problem with the world is, you. I don't know, it's not that hard to help somebody out. Especially like, knowingly, you have people that can can help you and are around you. Too. Right. So right. having a support system. And out an outlet too, I think is important because I also you also said Forrest, you said that you're still gonna go home and you're gonna think about it. That's that's super true. Like for me, it was basketball, and I think with COVID, what came up a lot was that basketball wasn't a thing. So I think right. I turned to like video games, which, you know, sorry, but yeah, at the, at the end of the day, you got to have an, an outlet because it's healthy and it's, it's something that's going to help you in the long run. It's, it's better. You keep, it's better. You let things out than keep it in because you keep it in all of that's going to consume you from the inside. And when that happens, you're going to be in a situation where it's all going to come at one time and it's not going to come out the way you want it to come out. Right. And, you know what I mean? Like so again, better to like prune it regularly right. than to try to handle it right. or let and it some, someone else is gonna catch something that they didn't create, you know? They're yeah. gonna catch some heat that they didn't create. So yeah, so let me know if you ever need to talk, man. No, for sure. I mean, um that's just I'm, it's weird, man. That's just always been me. Like, uh if you ever like and it's fun. So like, and it's weird because I'm older too. So like social media is not, it wasn't something I grew, really grew up with. Like until I got older into college. Um, and so like now, like you, you'll, I know you can tell Lance, like it's really evident. Like you will not see me post shit. Like if I'm, if I'm just like tired of everything or I'm dealing with something, you will not see me active on social media at all. Like, then I'm usually, I'm, so like I post things in the morning and I just posted. I posted for everybody. I mean, there's at times there are specific people. Thank that you I'm for, for for those, by the way. Thank you. That means a lot. 
just to hear something like that from people. And that's why I keep writing them. Like I, I didn't intend to keep writing them, but then uh, I get messages from like random people like, hey man, thanks for writing that. That's what I needed to hear this morning. Or mm-hmm. uh, yesterday someone was like, I, I didn't put it up early enough. And someone was like, hey, where are you? You know, I was, oh. like, I was like, oh, my bad. It's like, I'm driving back from Seattle right now. Uh, let me get to my house. And as soon as I park, I'll post it. And so, yeah, I mean, is that a new sunrise every morning? Yeah, uh, it's a new picture. Like it'll be like sometimes, like so. We're where I'm at in Vancouver right now. We got this big field, like uh, on the next street over, just a vacant lot, like, uh, and it leads to this park and this hill. I mean, you can see it in the pictures, and the sunsets have just been amazing. So sunsets and sunrise have always <laughs> been something that just I can't get enough of. Um, sunsets and sunrises. It's also it's a promise of a new day, and it's a promise that you know what I mean. Uh, when the sun goes down, you get to rest. That's the promise, you know what I mean. And when the sun rises, it's a new day. You can fix everything, and that's always been my two favorite things: sunsets and sunrises. But yeah, like writing those things in the morning is kind of like my outlet now, and then. I'll write that. And now, like, it's hard for me not to write them because, like I said, people actually message me and they'll thank me for writing it or they'll ask me, um, they'll want to talk because whatever I'm writing about is what they're going to. And then, and then, like I said, yesterday morning, you have people calling me or texting me like, hey, where you at? <laughs> I'm going to your page. I need to hear something. I'm like, all right, fine. And then, uh, then you always see me post other stuff like that. But for now, like, like this past week, I just haven't had the strength to post anything after that or go on social media and then after the shooting yesterday like um just yeah there were kids and lance knows i mean i I, a year ago i went through something losing kid because of gun violence and like it's it sets me back so far back and um you know things get dark like because of things like that not dark like I want to go out and do something just dark. Like, like I can't. It feels hopeless, I, man. Like, what? Those parents are. Oh, damn. Yeah. And their siblings waking up in the morning. What if you didn't say goodbye yesterday in the morning? Or just a lot of stuff, man. I mean, and that, that was the last of it for me this week. Like, I couldn't. That's. So when Lance called, man, I mean, it's, it's a great thing to get on here and talk with people about other stuff. You know, take I really take your mind off of something else, but to realize that there's a lot more going on in the world that's also good. And you know, you got good people in the world like Luke and Lance and you know, Tanner and, and Clayton and I know Sammy's at home, you both got the kids at the house. You know, there's I mean, sometimes you need to know that there's mm. like said, hope, hope left in the world, there's still light out there uh, for someone. Who people like, and I'm not saying a lot of people look to me for that stuff in the morning when they see that stuff, but there are people who who actually read it. So I I I need, I need to I can't stay stuck in the in the mood that I'm in because it's not it doesn't help everybody. Well, <clears throat> so it doesn't serve everybody, but is there are you able to process through like your daily posts, something like this? Yeah. Is there something like sure. to put those to document those feelings, kind of how they change through something like that? When something I've always had a journal, like the school shooting. 
yeah, I've, I've always had a journal and that's always been my outlet into writing. You know, like it's just it's just to write because it's better. Like like we just said, you'd rather have that stuff out uh, instead of keeping it in. Because it'll it'll eat you alive, you know. And so like uh, this morning, I just wrote. So, Good morning. So I know I've told you already, but life is so fragile, which it is. And it's so fleeting, you know, that. Uh, the time we have with the people is so unpredictable. Like you really don't know. Like you literally don't know how much time you have with somebody. So today I was just wanted to tell people to like, let people know how much you care for them. It's it's not a bad thing. And I know a lot of people run from stuff like that. Like self-sabotage uh, relationships because sometimes people don't realize that they're worthy of of good shit in their life you know some people don't realize that because they've been through so much bad shit you know you just hug your kids tighter man uh tighter than you've ever done before hold them for longer than ever because man and for you too both of you brand new brand new parents man and i know uh luke you got two you got two kids luke luke's got the Cam, I, no, yeah, I got I got one, but I got I got we got two on the way, right? So I mean, and, and Lance, both just you know just beautiful children, man, and, and like I'm not able to I'm not able to say that to my daughter, you know, mm-hmm. so. Like it's tough, man. Like people still have to live their lives, but you gotta tell people how you care for them. Cause better you tell them now than standing in front of a grave or saying a prayer and asking God to tell them for you when they're not here. You know, we're all living on borrowed time. God put us on this earth to do certain things, you know. And if you're not out there doing it and enjoying the time you're giving, what are you here for? You know, what are you? <clears throat> So, thanks, bro. Or, yeah, yeah we're God put us here, and we're here for each other. We right. need each other when we go through these things, and you're absolutely right. And just gotta be able to hold our loved ones and and really cherish them each and every day because tomorrow is not promised. And it's what can we do to protect them and and uh make sure that that doesn't happen it doesn't happen again but these these shootings happen every week right i mean there's there's a lot of things you can't control man there's there's so many things you can't control and we waste so much time on trying to uh i'm trying to change that there's just some things you can't control and if you're going to waste your time on trying to fix those things, you're going to look back and realize that there was so much stuff you had, you know what I mean, in your life that you could control or, you know, could concentrate on that was better for you. You're gonna, it's going to pass you by. And that's, it's sad because 
people are so afraid of telling other people that they love them, you know? And they're so afraid that it comes with a certain type of expectation. So people, a lot of people don't want to deal with it because it's, 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 it's being so intimate with somebody. It's giving something to somebody that's actually worth giving. And so when someone tells you you love them, it's like, you know, you hear that and you're like, damn, it's, it's heavy. I don't know how other people process it, but when someone tells you that they love you, you know, genuinely love you, that's heavy to deal with. I know it is because it's a responsibility. Uh, it is. It is. But I always tell people when I tell you that, and I'm the type of person that if we're going to be cool, like we're cool, we find, you know, we're really cool. Like I get attached and it doesn't not, not in just my romantic relationships, uh, but with my brothers and my sisters, like you guys, I've called my brothers and my sisters. Um, I get attached, but you are not responsible for my attachment. I understand that. You know, and, and people are afraid of that. People are afraid of that because it comes with expectations. And so. Um, what are what are your I expectations just, when you tell someone you love them? If just, I'm telling you, you're I'm just letting you. them know. Just, I'm just letting you know. You don't have, I don't, I don't, my expectation is that me telling you that I love you is setting you up for like, now you're cool. Like you should, you should never feel like you're, you're not loved. You know what I mean? If you ever feel like you're alone, you could go back to me telling you that, you know, it's not me telling you, I love you. So when I need you to come do something for me, I'm going to need you to come do it for me. No, that's, I don't, I don't expect that for you or from you, you know? If you want to give that to me, that's fine. That's fine. That's not why I told you. I'm telling you because you need to know that someone else is there for you. Yo, you want to be there for me? I'm ecstatic. That's great. You know what I mean? I love that. And I know sometimes, like, I could be, I could be too much. So, like, uh, there's a situation. I'm friends with somebody. And she's like, it's nothing. I just, I'm attached because I care for her so much. And I do things. I do this for everybody. You know what I mean? You're going to tell me that you're not feeling, you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're off and somehow, like, you know, you're not feeling cool. I'm going to do stuff for you. I give flowers to everybody, even dudes. So, you know what I mean? And I don't think she got that. So now it's just like, what are you doing? That's not what I'm asking for from you. I will never ask from you what you're not willing to give me. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think people, I don't know if a lot of people believe that because not too many people actually mean that. <laughs> Seen that offering. Willing, right. If you're not willing to give me something, I'm not going to ask that from you. But I'm also just going to, you can't tell me I can't give you what I'm trying to give you. I'm just trying to be there for you. And sometimes it comes off a little too much. I understand that. <clears throat> Luke, when someone tells you that they love you, what does that mean to you? Or what does that? I think the word I love <laughs> you is overused. Like I work at a place where. I don't know. It's a flamboyant in a way, like everyone loves each other. And I feel like sometimes people say, I love you. And you're, you kind of are like, I love you too. Right. But also like right. the people that I actually care about a lot and I do love them. And I don't know. I also am the type of person where I look at it, like you could do the worst thing to me in the world. But if I had a place for you in my heart, where like, I don't know. For example, you were my best friend at a certain time or somebody I considered like that. 
you per se, you messed me over. Like, I'm still going to find a place where I still care about you. Like, and that's where I, I wish everyone was kind of that way. But at the same time, like, you can't expect everyone to be that way. And that's why there's special people out there that have your back always. And I think it's cool. I think the way you described it for it's just pretty perfect. Like, and I, I can see, I don't even know you that well, but I can see you as that type of a guy where I, I needed some help or if we're, I'm going through something and I don't know, you, you know, that's just Definitely. what I'm seeing. Definitely. That's that's 100, Luke. You know, anytime you need something, man, not tell people. And I know it's not always genuine from some people. And I'm not saying I'm always genuine, but stuff like that is because I know that people do need people. Not everybody has somebody. So if I just met you on the street and I'm telling you that if you need something from me, it's because I'm, I know that you really don't have anybody. You know, people that have people, I'll tell them too. I mean, mm. but I know that they have people. But the people that, like, uh, I befriended a homeless guy. You know what I mean? He's got a phone. I told him, yeah, if you're ever hungry or someone's ever messing with you, call me. I will drop what I'm doing and I'll come, I'll feed you. I'll put some clothes on you, something clean. And if someone's messing with you, we can figure it out. And, you know, he didn't believe it at first. And one night he took a chance. He called me. He lives around in the Pearl. I took him some food, took him a blanket. And grateful. And another night calls me two weeks later. Still skeptic. Go take it. So now, now he doesn't call me as often, but he knows now that when he does call me, when he's in some deep shit, he has someone to turn to. You know what I mean? So that's really cool. Yeah, you're yeah, just I mean, out here helping the world. Well, I mean, anybody that comes in contact with you. Man, things take a turn this. with me one time. I'm not even going to lie. I'll just lighten it up a little bit. I took I gave this homeless guy 20 bucks. He always, st- he always stood outside of our Dutch bro stand. And so one day I just was like, here you go, man. And go to the weed store later on that night. And he's there. And I'm just thinking in the back of my head, I'm just like, man. So I don't know. I, I think it's super cool that you gave that guy your number and that he's. Yeah, yeah, I mean, hey, that's like essential business though right like people need their weed it is an essential thing it are is. there any laws it going is. up against weed or is weed just continually being accepted medicinally no, and recreationally i, I think it's yeah i think it's i think it's making a turn to where a lot of uh laws are coming down from you know what i mean what they used to be uh i think weed like is, what is that like, all like the, the edible that, limit doubled like the edible right. limit is at right. 100 milligrams now. Yeah. People, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> per piece. <laughs> right. Per piece. So, like, I mean, it's coming around. I mean, uh, like Hawaii's one state, like, they still just do uh, medicinal, but um, they should be going recreational soon. So, oh, they've you know, been I mean, doing recreational. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Plus, now it's, it's, it's federal law. The federal law is passed now in the states that are that made it legal. It's not just state law in those states. It's just federal law now. That you're... Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it did. I heard Let, that. Wait, yeah. federal, federal yeah. legislation about marijuana? What happened? Wait, it's legal now. In the states that it's legal in, so federal law. I mean, businesses are still able to fire you because that's private business. But like, uh, if they were to take like federal, uh, try to do a 
a federal case against you, uh, I don't think it'll hold anymore. Obviously, it'll be like in the amount, like you can't just be rolling around with like 17 pounds of weed in your car. And shit, right. But, <laughs> right. Oh, Luke, remember that drug conversation we were talking about in the backyard? <clears throat> yes. We it's it's decriminalized. It's not legalized, right? Did we talk oh, about the that? heavy drugs? Yeah. So we're also yeah, having a problem with the trains, right? So, so the trains are easy to smoke on because you just yeah. hop on and off. But yeah. also if there's like hella if there's smoke, like and there's been like blunt smoke, uh the trains have to like stop for 10, 15 minutes and air out. And it causes delay sometimes. Um but in, in Oregon, if you have these drugs on you, then you either get a was it a fine? No, you just or, go to rehab. Or you go or you go to rehab. But then I read an article yeah. and not a lot of people went to rehab. So it didn't do what it was supposed to do, which is like and that's why take if you people go down off to the of the take users, drug users right. who are addicted to these things off into like put into a program to help them get off of these these addictive yeah, the idea of it was good but it right hearing that also kind of goes to my case of like what the fuck yeah so but if you have like more than a usage amount like a distributor amount then you go to jail then you go to jail for like trying to distribute but yeah, if you no, have like a baggie drugs. if you have like a baggie on you if it's even these hard drugs they're not supposed to throw you in jail to like rot because what does a drug user do in jail? He just, I mean, I guess it doesn't use drugs unless they have drugs in the jail, which sometimes they do. Um, (laughs) I mean, I guess that's one way to to like work with the addiction, right? Is to take them off of it by isolating them in jail. Well, so, so is jail, uh, that's, that's a, a remedy kind of, for drug addiction? No, no, because you're not facing your problem. You're just taking away the problem. Um, so if you're a drug user, oh, so when it's reintroduced, it, yeah, go right back so, into the system. Okay. So drug like addict recovery, it's an everyday thing. You don't just wake up one day after a program and just be like, "I'm cured." You know what I mean? You got it. Like just like alcoholism, uh, you wake up every day. And you you got to do the same exact things that keep you from going back to that. It, it's repetitious. It's like sports. You know, if you if you learn a certain thing, you know, muscle memory. So if you're an addict, you're going to have to wake up every day and it's a fight. It's a fight. Um, it's not like you just. You know, people will tell you, oh, I kicked it cold turkey. Well, I see you sweating every time I smoke a joint. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or <laughs> I see your eyes every time you pass a bar. Right, you know, but the the reward for you is that you fight it every day, is that you don't go back to the life you had, which at the time you didn't think was bad, but now that you're sober, you can look back and you know it's bad, which keeps you away from everything. Gives you some uh, perspective. I'm rolling like this now. I was rolling like that, up and down, this and that. Let me see it. Um... So that's two hours. Appreciate you guys. Of course, man. Anytime, like I said, man. I gotta, is... I gotta put my little guy to bed, but handle that. Shout out to Camden Dwayne, the biggest brother. 
for yeah. the closing route. Appreciate yeah, you. You about to have your own. Uh, you got your. You got your first three, man. You need two more. Have your starting five, man. Bro. Yeah, uh, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> we are not stopping at three, Luke. Uh, any shout outs to close us to close the show? No, I. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, it's it's good to talk to you guys again. Um, yes, I appreciate Forrest going going in deep there because that made me. I don't know. It gives me a good perspective again. Mm-hmm. To, so I appreciate you for that. And yeah, uh, just just appreciate the people that you have close to you because you, you really never know. And people say it's like you know. a blessing every day on earth, but it's also scary. It is scary. Like very scary. And, and I I don't know. And you get as you get older, you start to really think about those things. And yeah, having having people to reach out to is a good thing. So I guess that's my shout out for the week. <laughs> Thank you, Forrest. Man, shout out again, just like Luke said. Shout out to the both of you, man. Uh, so it's good to to catch up with people and have something different. So like. Literally, I've been in this room. Like, I go to work, come back, and uh, a prison can be more than four walls. You know what I mean? And um, for the past week, I think I've imprisoned myself in my thoughts. So this is this is like parole for me. You know what I mean? Getting out. Let's go. Uh, Let's break you out, bro. Get yeah. out of there. And, then, uh, and just, I mean, I know we don't know any of those families in Texas. But shout out to those families, man. That's that's 19 people who aren't here with us anymore. And um, 17 of those people are children. That's you know, and with wild. YouTube, man, yeah. YouTube being fathers, man. Like, yeah. I told Lance already, man. Same with you, Sam. Uh, with you, Luke, man. Your kids will always have somewhere to go. As long as I'm breathing, man, they'll always have help from me. Like, no matter what. You know what I mean? If anything, God forbid, anything ever happens to you guys, like, your kids will always have help from me. And what kind of a world is it? What kind of a man is a coward to go into a place like that and and, and be in control of children's lives like that? That's not... Mm-hmm. Not to end it on that, yeah, man. Shout out to those families. May they get the help they need. Um, that that process is going to be a very long process, and it's going to be never ending to try and heal from that. But hopefully, um, yeah, people around them, like I have people around them, like you guys have people around you guys, to help them get through stuff like that, man. Um, shout out to Erod, man, who couldn't make it. He was just texting us. Also, uh, he's got some things he's going on. But shout out to Erod. He's doing. Seems like he's moving along. Maybe maybe not at the pace a lot of people think he should be moving at, but seems like the what? business is moving along, man. You know, there's other people that are just always going to have their, you know what I mean? Oh, shut the fuck always up. Hating. Exactly. That wave is rolling the way it needs it to. It is it going pop-up by pop-up, stop by stop, city by city, district by and district across the country. That shit. Yeah, yeah he's on pot, other interviews and stuff now. It is building yeah. the way it needs to organically growing, pushing the message, pushing, you know, the brand. It's, yeah. They can, uh, I don't know who, uh, who thinks it should be going any other way than it's going right now. Exactly. Everybody has 
But you guys doing great things. And so, Amen. Um, man, shout out to another day that we get to get up and be better and help other people be better. So, uh, I like documenting like videos, pictures, audio, um, conversations and stuff like that. And uh, I appreciate you guys for joining. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man, that's a super heavy way to end. Uh, and I feel like we'll probably talk more about uh, gun violence and gun control and constitutional rights uh, on another episode. But uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, continue to look for the good in the world and in the people around you and uh, make sure to tell people that you love them. Amen. Because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Especially in America. Shout out to Steve Kerr. Um, oh, yeah. Going in Great a different, different approach there. I thought that was really cool. Like when it, when it gets the attention of no offense to my fiance Abby, but when it gets her attention and she's putting it on her Instagram and people you usually don't think even care about sports because he made it, he made it different. And mm-hmm. I wish, I don't know. I wish the right person viewed this podcast because they listened to what you were talking about Forrest and then the same thing happens. So it's like, I don't know. I, it just needs to, it needs to be brought more to light. And there's, there's ways to have guns without, you know, without really letting them flow out into any and everybody's hands. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, it's like a mental health check for guns. And then it's like, no. And it's like, why are right. you yelling? This is something we need. We can still check the rights box and still make it happen and make it and safe. S- and still limit, hopefully, to zero the amount of times parents lose their children in these senseless and violent acts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, look for the good, all right? Football is five Amen. months away. Uh, if you like basketball, the playoffs are happening right now. The NBA Finals, the Boston Celtics are going to beat the Warriors in four games. Five, <laughs> five games. <clears throat> what just happened? Um Oh. And again, thank you guys for coming on for Clayton Mortar also and Tanner Reben. Uh Luke Joes, Forrest Dolow, I am Lance Follettoro. Love and light to you all. Stay ballin'. Today's show, as always, sponsored by Levasa Island Apparel.com. For gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture. Catch the wave at LavasaIslandApparel.com.